Hi, and welcome to Talking With Cancer. I'm Katie, and I'm here to give you an honest, real, and even funny outlook on living with cancer. There is no one way to do cancer, and I've decided to share my story to help and inspire others, as well as raise awareness. At age 43, I was diagnosed with a rare type of thyroid cancer known as hobnail in February 2022, having never had any health issues previously. I was fit and well and took pretty good care of myself. But despite that, I got a diagnosis and I am on a long-term treatment plan. On this podcast, I will be sharing my progress regularly. And I often speak to amazing guests who've been impacted by cancer in some way. I really hope you enjoy listening. And if you do, then please rate, review, follow and recommend the pod. Hey listeners, welcome back to Talking With Cancer. It's lovely to have you. It's always lovely to have you. I hope you enjoyed the episode last week with Jane Hutchinson, who launched the brilliant charity Hello Beautiful, a cancer charity looking at non-toxic lifestyles and illness prevention. So really fascinating stuff. And she's incredibly knowledgeable. And if you haven't already, I suggest checking them out because they do some brilliant workshops and they are a great resource if you're interested in kind of following that path. It's not been long since I recorded the last episode of Just Me Chatting. Obviously, I was absolutely ecstatic about the incredible news of receiving a clear scan result. Just amazing. But that news was balanced with the news about my calcium dropping to pretty low levels where I had to go into hospital and stay on a drip overnight and have my heart monitored and be in ICU. And I guess what I thought I would do today is just update you on that side of things. And also I've had a bit more time to reflect Yeah, it's very interesting time. I think there's a lot that I will be processing over the coming weeks and probably beyond just kind of visualizing myself and feeling confident in a space whereby I have no cancer and really wanting to maintain being in that position and wondering like what the future holds, whether I'll be able to come off treatment and whether we'll be able to reduce the monthly scans and all of that stuff that I've in a weird way become very accustomed to over the last 18 months but I've decided I need to be patient about what the plans will be for the future I need to just carry on as I have been which is kind of taking things step by step and not really delving too far ahead not looking for answers that I don't think my team will have those answers so Yeah, I'm just taking it all in. And it was funny because my dear friend Deborah, who I've interviewed on this podcast in a episode called Cosmic Soup, she's a very wise person. You know, what she pointed out is sort of how, in a way, like how humbling it is going through this. Like on the one hand, here's my clear cancer scan, which is just incredible, but can't get too carried away with that joy and just feeling like, 
I'm free to go. And the calcium experience kind of highlighted that for me. In a way, it was like quite humbling, if I'm honest. And I know that the outlook with regards to the calcium levels is really about staying monitored for the foreseeable future, which means getting blood tests done regularly, to kind of tweak the medication that I take for the calcium issue, which is alpha-calcidol, Calviv. And that will probably take a bit of time. So my recent blood results showed that the calcium's at a level of 2.29. So that's really good. But now we're in a position, (laughs) the irony, where you don't want it to go too high because that can also be dangerous. So what we're going to do is like lower the calcium I take a little bit. I'm going back for bloods in a couple of days. And then I know that my endocrinologist would like to retest me in a week but I'm going on holiday and maybe that's a bit risky maybe someone else in my position might not go but I've already cancelled the trip once and moved it by a week and I feel that like 2.29 is a pretty good level and even if it drops slightly from there that's still okay because I'm hyperparathyroid I'm slightly different to like a normal range of someone just with the normal calcium levels. So between 2 and 2.2 is pretty good, actually. It's quite a good place to be. So if I'm hovering between those numbers, then I'm happy with that. And in the meantime, what I decided was, at the advice of my stepdad, who's a doctor, to get some home blood test kits, which I've done before. And I don't know if people are aware of these, actually. I have used a company called Medichex quite a few times over the years where I've wanted to look at blood tests that like my nutritionist might have wanted to check for me or particularly when I was going through fertility. And those are little finger pricks that you do at home. You drop that blood into a tiny little bottle And you send that bottle off in the post. And a couple of days later, you get those results. And it's really great way to kind of avoid having to go in for blood tests or pay for expensive blood tests and just do it at home, basically, and kind of monitor yourself. So I know Medichecks do lots of hormone tests. There's another one called Better to Know. And that's the one that does quite a straightforward calcium test. So I've ordered two of those. What it means is that I can take my blood in the morning put it in the post and potentially get those results back the following day through their portal. And I think that's just a good idea for me because like I've said on here, there is no instant home test kit available to test your calcium. So I might not get an instant result. It might take 24 hours or a couple of days, but at least if I'm not going into the hospital to have bloods, it's good for my own peace of mind. So I think that's something to consider If you want to monitor certain things yourself, you can do that with those home blood tests um, and they are really easy and straightforward to do. So that's what I've done. I guess feels a bit like I'm taking some control. Like I've said, I want to continue this level of maintenance for my health, which means carrying on with all the things that I've been doing and not sort of slipping up on any of those things. So What I've done is I've decided to start seeing an integrative doctor. If you listen out to next week's episode, I'm playing out my interview with her. She's an amazing woman. Her name's Dr. Nina Fuller-Shavel. And she started a clinic called Synthesis Clinic. I've been aware of them for quite a long time. 
And um, basically, I've been really interested in Dr. Nina's journey herself because she did have breast cancer. She trained as a doctor. She trained as a nutritionist. So she's got a huge amount of knowledge when it comes to a holistic approach to your healthcare. I loved interviewing her, obviously, and I've loved listening to her talk on other people's podcasts. She just speaks the same language as me. She wants to understand why, why the body is doing certain things. She's super, super busy, but I managed to get an appointment with her. And so I had that consultation today. You know, I'm really excited to kind of see what plan she puts together for me. So Having a consultation involves investing a lot of time in answering questionnaires about your health, the history of your health, your family's health, your mental health, your home life, your commitment to exercise, nutrition, your supplement plan, your medical plan, your diagnosis, all of it, all of it. And, you know, that's quite a few hours of time, like putting in this information into the portal. But it makes so much sense to form a picture of yourself and your body and why it functions in the certain way that it does and why you respond to things in the way that you do. And also what can be done about that. I feel, you know, having done this consultation with her, that like there were certain things I experienced in my 20s and 30s with my health, which, you know, was nothing really drastic But at that time, I kind of just did whatever I was told to do to deal with whatever those issues were. And I just kind of got on with things. And I didn't really think about any long-term implications of those experiences or those procedures or those diagnoses. And they were nothing life-threatening, by the way. They were sort of stuff that, like, anyone could have and go through. You know, let's talk about periods. Like, what do women experience in their periods that they just think is normal, whether that's heavy bleeding or irregular periods or whatever it might be. Like, that is information. And that is also, like, not normal. And I think, like... You know, that's just an example. It might be digestive, it might be muscular, it might be headaches, it might be an array of things that you just consider normal for you. But what I wish I knew then is what I know now, which is perhaps like the pathway that I went through medically has an impact on where I am today and has an impact on the thyroid cancer diagnosis that I got. Like, we'll never know. But, you know, one of the things Dr. Nina Fulashevel said to me today was like, she does see patterns in like thyroid cancer patients and perhaps some of the things that I went through. So, you know, the fact that I just hop, skipped and jumped into an IVF sort of journey and wasn't aware of any cancer risks and perhaps what I could have done was be more vigilant about my own kind of, health alongside having that IVF treatment. Maybe if we'd have been testing for tumor markers or testing for different things, like maybe there would have been an indication earlier that something wasn't right. So, you know, obviously I've learned the hard way. I hope for people listening, you can take on board my journey and my experience to recognize that there are things that can be done to prevent like chronic illness or something more serious coming out of something that you think is just not really a big deal or you just live with it or you've always lived with it. And I think one of the things that stops us from 
kind of looking into these issues is not really knowing like where to turn, not really understanding like where there are resources available and you have to do the work you have to do the work you have to do the research you have to look for experts in the field of whether it's women's health or you know whether you feel that perhaps some of the people around you who've treated you don't quite get what you need they don't quite meet your needs or you don't feel that there is a connection with them like either through their gender or ethnically or through their age like it can be an array of reasons so do something about that, like change the person that you're going to see, get recommendations from friends, join chat groups on Facebook and make that commitment. I think the other thing that I find fascinating is how we, um, we're reluctant to spend money on our health. I think that's another thing. Like if something feels a little bit pricey, we'll just forget about going ahead with it. But you know, it just might mean skipping a few nights out a month or not buying a pair of shoes. Or I think it's about like prioritizing those things really count when it comes to health. Like spending money on health should be a priority. It is invaluable. These again are all things that I've learned like now, later in life when I found myself with a cancer diagnosis. So don't get to that point. And you know, I feel like I'm really excited to do the work with Dr. Nina. I think that a couple of the things that she pointed out is she wants to keep an eye on my liver, like how is this treatment affecting my liver? We want to understand the tiredness and what's that about. Some of the side effects from the treatment she definitely wants to work on. And, you know, she's looking at my supplement plan. Like I was just, for example, I've been seeing a nutritionist and she is not a cancer specialist and she admits that and she owns that and she said to me I would kind of feel more comfortable if you saw a cancer nutritionist you know someone that could recommend supplements who really knows about it you know I don't really take very much at all but one of the things she suggested with the tiredness recently would be to take a vitamin b and so I went away and I ordered one she recommended and I was discussing that with Dr. Nina on the call. And she said, look, I don't really want you to start that vitamin B. It's not smart for cancer patients to take really high levels of vitamin D. And you want to know that, but like, you know, looking at the ingredients on this bottle, like it's really, really high concentration of vitamin B. And what I'd rather do is sort of test you first and then decide whether you need vitamin B. And if you do need vitamin B, I would suggest taking it with a lower dose. There we go. There's something that to me, I just think vitamin B, what's the big deal? But actually, without that knowledge and information, it could be a really big deal. So I've said it before, like you really need to get the right advice about any decisions you make about supplements and nutrition, because it's not okay to just read an article and then help yourself to, you know, whatever you think is going to work for you that week or that month or at that time, because you just don't know. So I am going to keep you posted on how that's going with her. Like I said, this was just the initial consultation, but, you know, we chatted for like an hour and a half. We covered so much ground and it just felt brilliant, felt really, really positive. So I'm very excited to get started with that. I have got a fantastic voice with cancer this week. I mean, they're always brilliant and it's always brave for people to share their stories on this platform. I love this one from Florence, and I'm going to play that to you now. Hi, I'm Florence, and I had breast cancer in 2017 at the age of 49. I had 
a single mastectomy and I've been a uniboober since then. But I truly embraced my one-breasted chest after I put away my prosthesis and I decided to live half-flat days and nights. So at the time, I could not find a bra or a swimwear for my one-boobed chest, but I didn't want to give up because removing my prosthesis empowered me and helped me to accept and like my body just the way it is. It had a huge positive impact on my mental health and it really helped me to move forward after cancer. So that's why I decided to create my own designs and my own brand of brand swimwear, which is called Eno, E-N-O. It's the number one written backwards. And um, with Eno, I really want to give the option to live half flat after a single mastectomy. So my designs perfectly fit and embellish the flat-sided chest. I wanted to create something really comfortable and elegant because I want people who wear Eno to feel good about themselves. I want to empower them. I want to show that we don't need two breasts to feel feminine, beautiful, and good. And in this way, Eno is going against the beauty standards because, like me, many people don't realize that there is another choice than to replicate what we once have, especially in our society where breasts are still symbolic of beauty and femininity. And on top of that, Eno is made as sustainable as possible because I truly believe that we all play a role in protecting our planet. Voilà. Bye. Brilliant, Florence. Brilliant. I love your outlook and how you've embraced your new body because our bodies do change with cancer, with treatment, with age. And that is something to love and to learn to love it may not happen overnight right but to embrace it and then to be helping other women by providing underwear and swimwear for other one boobed bodies out there so I think that is a really really admirable thing that you've done and you know you're making really positive impact so well done and thank you and if you want to check out the brand you know i'll put the way to reach them in the show notes if you've got a voice with cancer that you'd like to share it can be any story at all that has a sort of cancer theme i suppose then just drop me a line at hello at talkingwithcancer.com so you can email me or you can DM me on my Instagram. The handle is talking underscore with cancer. Thank you so much. 